on the side wall of the university college here, they put up this huge banner with my all-time favourite inspirational quote by Mahatma Gandhi. You must be the change you wish to see in the world. Wow, what a slap across the face that was. Welcome to episode 36 of the Coaching Life podcast, where we peel back the bullcrap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. And today I'm going to share with you a little more about my coaching life. I've been toying with the idea of putting this episode together for oh, a few months actually, prompted by a few things that I'd read and observed around the profession. And also just knowing that there's probably bits of my story that are scattered around, but are not really being shared on my own podcast. So yes, I'm going to spill the beans about much of what I've seen and witnessed and observed. But first, I'll share with you a little bit more of my story. I first became aware of the profession of coaching during some NLP training late 2004 and early 2005. Up to that point, I knew what coaching was in the context of coaching people. And uh, that was something that I knew I'd been doing uh, for many years. I did 26 years in corporate before um, having coaching be my sole vocation. And 21 or so of those 26 years were in leadership positions from um, leading a team of three or four people up to um, heading up an organization of 400 or so people with multi-million pound turnover. And coming across a profession of coaching, I thought, wow, that's amazing. People do this as a full-time vocation. Let me have some of that. And I pretty soon quit my job um, in the spring of 2005 and thought I'd have a crack at creating a coaching business. And of course, didn't do very well of it. I wasn't very well prepared. I wasn't a particularly great coach, of course. Um, certainly very, very different to the kind of coach that I am now and didn't really understand anything at all about the business of coaching. So within a year or so, I had pretty much run out of money. So I went back into corporate in 2006 for another five years. But during that time, I did continue to coach, coach um, part-time for some quite small fees, um, £10, £20, £50 here, even £100 there. And coaching uh, friends, friends of friends, family, and friends of family. Never really expanding much beyond that. But in 2011, it was it was my goal then. Once I went back into the corporate world, it was it was my goal and my aim to save up a bunch of money so that I could f make the jump once again into the profession of coaching and and running a coaching business. And on the 15th of April 2011, not a day that I'm going to forget, um, I left my uh, final corporate job, and uh, yeah, had a go at creating a coaching business 
And I had no idea what I was doing. I really had no idea from a business perspective, where would clients come from? How would I attract clients? Uh, I spent quite a lot of money on developing like a brand, having websites designed, all kinds of stuff, but really without any real success. Just again, just odd clients here and there, small fees, nothing at all that was sustainable as a business. And that all changed actually when a friend gifted me um, a book called The Prosperous Coach. No doubt if you're listening to this, you probably heard that book mentioned numerous times and indeed mentioned the two authors mentioned numerous times, Rich Lipvin and Steve Chandler. Both of those guys have had such an enormous impact on uh, me as a coach and indeed probably me personally, absolutely. And it was reading and studying that book and I do mean studying it, not just sitting reading it once, but studying it. That helped me to transform how I looked at the profession of coaching. With much, much more focus on being of service. Living a life that was of service. And what came out of reading that book was... Um, I think I, 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 yeah, I commented, I think, on uh, a Facebook post of Richard's and, you know, he responded and sent me some private messages inviting me to watch some other videos and stuff. And I ended up going to an event. It was one of the last events that he did with Steve, the two of them together in September 2013. So I had faffed around for a good two and a half years after leaving my corporate job. Um, faffed around in trying to create a coaching business and really not knowing at all what I was doing. One kind of funny and fascinating thing that came about um, that first trip to uh, across to uh, Los Angeles where um, those guys were running this event was the uh, evening or the afternoon in fact before I was due to catch a flight I literally bumped into somebody in the street who was to then become my first client to sign up uh, in a package rather than pay on a per session basis, which is what all previous clients had done. Physically bumped into this person in the street, their Sainsbury's shopping bag dropped, their, there was an orange rolling across the pavement. And of course I was quite apologetic, it was entirely my fault. I was in a hurry, I was rushing and spoke to this person very apologetically, apologized for being in a hurry, realizing how unnecessary it was. Um, I had a flight to catch, but that wasn't until tomorrow. And she simply asked me, you know, oh, where are you going, going on a holiday or whatever. And we entered in some conversation and I spoke to her a bit about, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to a coaching event. And she asked me a bit about what that was and expressed some interest and said, well, wow, that sounds like something that I could do with. So. I uh, offered her a conversation um, when I returned and uh, gave him my card with an email address and she emailed me pretty fast and we set up uh, a call uh, upon my return. So it's quite funny because, like I say, my very first client to sign up on a, on a package, I physically bumped into her in the street. Clients really are everywhere. That doesn't mean that's a great strategy to create clients, go out and bump into people in the street but to me it kind of does prove a point I do share that story quite often and I immersed myself uh, in 
the work in the Prosperous Coach community. But uh, I also decided at that first event, I want more of this and I want more of, of Steve. And I also signed up to go through Steve Chandler's uh, ACS, Advanced Client Systems, his coaching prosperity school, um, which has just been, it's been one of the most wonderful things I've ever done. It's one of, the, one, one of the most wonderful things I've ever done, not just in my career and my coaching, but personally as well, and uh, developed um, a lot of great friendships out of doing that. If you're considering doing that, I, I actually can't recommend it highly enough. But I guess my journey into coaching itself started way before all of that, in fact. Started even way before 2004, 2005 on that NLP training. My journey into coaching started around about 1998 when uh, my first marriage came to an end and I looked back on the crazy times there and I really wanted to understand, wow, what happened? <laughs> what part did I play really in all of that? I really wanted to understand human behavior much more than I did. Um, so I just simply started looking much more into human behavior and what makes us tick, if you like. Um, and yeah, that's when the journey, when the journey really began. And it was a friend of mine, my dear friend, Mark, who introduced me to NLP. And we also ran some leadership workshops together back in 2005, which were heavily based on NLP. And I don't use any NLP. Well, I don't consciously use any NLP techniques in any of my coaching anymore, but that in itself was a beautiful time studying um, studying human behavior, the, the technical aspect perhaps of, of human behavior. And when I look back at those earlier years, in fact, even right up to say 2013, 2014, I made an awful lot of that work about me. <laughs> Even though, of course, the Prosperous Coach introduced me much more, really uh, pointed me much more in the direction of being of service and helping people. My study of coaching, and indeed my study of human behavior in those early days, was very much about me. Like I said, I wanted to understand what part I'd played. And of course, in studying human behavior, we get to understand a little bit more about why anyone behaves as they do. But I was certainly coming from a place of I wanted to be a better person I wanted to be a better XYZ or XYZ <laughs> and I still see this now I still see this now in the coaching profession who do you need to be as a coach and I'm going to come back to that a little later because I don't think that's necessarily particularly as helpful as a, a an alternative perspective that I'll share with you as I said, things really started to take off as I immersed myself in the work of the Prosperous Coach and changed um, changed from trying to attract fishing for clients to really creating clients. And through that, I've worked with all kinds of people, with uh, teachers, nurses, lots of business owners, entrepreneurs, um, model, Hollywood actor, journalist, all kinds of people. Really, um, there is no niche. It's really people um, who I get to connect with 
and I connect with them in a, in a whole manner of ways. A lot of clients have come from Facebook. Um, I've had clients come to me who I've spoken to at various events, who I've met at various events and trainings that I've that I've been to. Um, I even had uh, somebody come to me uh, a while ago who said, I overheard a conversation you were having with somebody at a Robert Holden training event. And uh, what I heard you say really struck me and has stuck with me for two years. And now I'm reaching out to you because I'd love to have a conversation with you. And that person ended up becoming a client. So we are always sowing seeds um, and creating clients by using this term, doing air quotes, showing up. <laughs> by showing up, I do simply mean going out, meeting people, and that can, of course, be online, but also physically to events, um, engaging with people, connecting with people, and being curious. I find my curiosity leads me to all of the clients I ever want. And in the spells where I don't have all the clients I want, I do realize I'm focusing much more on me than on where can I be of service and um, who am I curious about. And I want to say a little something here about those early days, perhaps, of uh, professional coaching. And look, my ride has been very, very bumpy. There has been times when... Um, I've had a lot of money coming in in one month and then nothing for a few months. And there have been times when I've been almost broke. Um, it's been a very, very bumpy ride indeed. And if you listen to other episodes of this podcast, you may get the impression that perhaps the usual journey is progressive. But I actually think the usual journey into coaching, if there is a usual one, is very bumpy indeed. And one thing that comes up but is doesn't always come out perhaps in the conversations we have is being able to support yourself financially without being reliant upon coaching. And this is something that Steve Chandler teaches. Like if you need money, get a job. It's kind of that black and white. And what doesn't always come out is that a lot of coaches out there do have that support in other ways, either from significant savings, from selling a business, from an existing income, from passive income, or from a very supportive partner, from a husband or a wife, meaning that um, all of their household bills and their livelihood can be covered without there being any financial requirement from building a coaching business and I think that's so so important to consider I know um, if I had my time again I would have done things very very differently yes I saved up a bunch of money so that I could live off that for a few years in fact but I didn't spend or indeed I didn't invest that money particularly wisely in the early early part of my coaching career so if you're listening to this and you have a full-time job and you're considering leaving that job to go coaching full-time there's some stuff for you to look at and explore there and by all means reach out to me I willingly have a conversation with you about it 
but uh, there is there are likely to be ways your existing job your existing career can support you much more than what might seem like being a hindrance to you transitioning into uh, building a full-time coaching practice things are rarely as they appear uh, on social media um, and uh, perhaps in other podcast interviews and in fact that brings me nicely on as to how I how I um, created or, or what it was that uh, spurred me into creating this podcast so at a coaching event in late 2014 and this was literally just three or four days before my first ever Robert Holden event at, at that coaching event there were some things that happened which looked out of integrity to me and I really wasn't happy with it in the morning and lunchtime went for a walk and as is always the case thinking changes and has my own little insight and I was pretty cool with it I certainly felt a lot better and a lot calmer um, come the afternoon session the following day the leader of this particular event asked to speak to me and I was like yeah sure but what about and he said well I, I heard you were pretty upset about what happened yesterday and I told him exactly what happened as I said went for a walk everything changed totally cool and I said with him that I imagined him saying something to me and in, he asked me and I obliged he asked me to share what I what I'd realized on Mike um, later that morning which I gladly did well, then I saw a couple of videos of him talking about that, talking about the conversation we had. And the story around the conversation had developed into one him, no, sorry, one me asking to talk to him, which of course simply wasn't true. And then in a second video, that story had developed into me calling him up because I couldn't sleep and I'd been dreaming about him. Now, to many, and indeed to me now, these might look like minor points, but all the same, to me, they just felt yucky embellishments of what really happened, as in he came and asked me, can we talk? So having watched these two videos, I just, I wrote a very simple email to him and said, I noticed these two misrepresentations of the conversation we had and how that conversation came about. And I thought it was just embellishment, albeit somewhat minor, just uh, to turn things around, perhaps to make it look like he was perhaps more in control. I don't know. It just, it just felt like embellishment to me. And... I didn't necessarily expect any kind of response. I didn't ask for any kind of response. I just wrote this message. I thought from quite a loving place to point that out. And the response I got actually was to be blocked on Facebook. I never got any other message back. And I was really surprised about this. This was, um, you know, a prominent leader, uh, supposedly, in the coaching profession, who was all about truth and not having yes men surround him and yet here he was blocking me on facebook um because i had challenged him on something and of course at the time that didn't make sense to me i got quite angry about that in fact and i then started looking 
at various other embellishments and started looking for embellishment in the coaching profession. And let me tell you, that's really not a very pleasant direction to look. There is an awful lot of it, of course. And of course, what you focus on grows. You know, the more you look for something, the more you find it, the more you see it. And I started ranting a bit about this. I started ranting about the profession, um, quitting the celebrity dick swingers, I think was one post that I wrote about. This was a really yucky, unpleasant time because I was seeing aspect of a profession, a profession that I love. I was seeing aspects of it that I really didn't like. And as if by magic, um, just across the road from my apartment block, I can see it right now. I've mentioned this a few times, I think. Um, on the side wall of the university college here, they put up this huge banner with my all-time favorite inspirational quote by Mahatma Gandhi. You must be the change you wish to see in the world. Wow, what a slap across the face that was. And that helped me to look at this whole situation around embellishment in the profession with completely new eyes. Because... It had me ask myself that question, right? What would it mean for me to be that change that I wanted to see in the world? What would it mean for me to be the change that I wanted to see in the coaching profession? And that was when I had this idea for this podcast to create a podcast that didn't have guests on it that were saying how wonderful their life was and yet were then having conversations with me offline and saying look i'm really on the floor financially i've got no clients yada 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 and uh, that was happening elsewhere but people being willing to come on here and talk about their coaching life exactly as it is and i hope you've seen and heard that that is uh, what what we've created here um Indeed, we, we've pulled back, you know, the, the bull crap, peeled back the bull crap and brushed away the photoshopping of the profession in just the same way as it's unhealthy for people to aspire to a Photoshop body image. It's not real. I also don't think it's healthy or helpful to have people aspire to a Photoshopped image of this coaching profession. You know, it can be very difficult, very challenging. Um, at times. And when people appear on podcasts just saying how wonderful and beautiful their life is and how successful they are and how they've managed to just create you know create clients while sitting on the john it's really most of it most of it is baloney and it's unhelpful so that was really how this podcast came about but that also reminds me of something else i want to share with you today that's actually prompted this uh, episode you see when i when i consider that you must be the change you wish to see in the world. And I also ask myself, who am I inspired by in the coaching profession? And, and it's oh so many people, really oh so many people. Some real unknowns, some names if I mentioned you would never heard of them. They're not on social media. There's, there's, uh, I've had a coach who's not on social media whatsoever. But there are people out there that I see who never talk about the profession and suddenly really never talk about any negative aspects of the profession when i look at uh stuff that michael neal writes robert holden alan cohen just a few of those people they're never writing posts 
about what others are doing. They're simply sharing their own work. They're sharing their own message without reference to anybody else. They're not promoting any kind of division. They're not making divisive statements like to be a great coach you need to do this with an implication that if you're not doing that you're really not so great who are we to say what's a great coach and and what isn't these guys are just sharing their work sharing how they understand life works how love works and offering that to you and yet i still see some people and i did it as I said a couple of years ago, and I'm sure I still slip into it now, that temptation to criticize others, what others are writing about. I guess I've slipped into it, I know, just thinking of this now, I've slipped into um, an indirect criticism of people who criticize the profession and create that divisiveness. So I don't know where we draw the line, but I do know and I notice there are the people I admire the most and who inspire me the most are those who are simply just getting on and sharing their own message and doing their own work. You know, this reminds me of that Steve Martin, I think it was, Steve Martin, who said, be so great, they can't ignore you. None of us really needs to worry or be concerned about what anybody else is doing, particularly in this profession just to focus on our own work and being of service to others and allowing our work to speak for itself. All any of us needs to do is be the change we wish to see in the world. Another thing that prompted this episode, me putting this episode together, was gossiping. You know, I'm really quite surprised, actually. I have lots of friends, obviously, in the coaching profession. And... Um, I'm surprised at the level of gossiping that goes on. But what's more concerning to me is is coaches that gossip about their clients. Something I would never do. I mean, I don't reveal who my clients are unless they decide they want to uh, reveal that I'm coaching them. I think the confidentiality between a coach and a client is absolutely sacred. One thing I will not do is talk about my clients without their permission and yet one example comes to mind of a very well-known coach who I know has coached at least two of my friends and I hear from these friends it's kind of real it's kind of weird this coach talking about my other friend who's also a client does that make sense? It doesn't make sense to me. It's out of order. It's out of integrity. I cannot believe that that happens. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Another thing that comes out of that, of considering what that is for me, being the change I wish to see in the world. And it's something that's come out of... Uh, studying Robert Holden's work and texts like A Course in Miracles and what have you is relinquishing many of the opinions indeed relinquishing letting go of the obsession I've had of myself 
somebody asked me once in a conversation, wow, you're really good at this, aren't you? And I'm like, really? I have no idea. I don't even consider that anymore. I think my biggest shift as a coach has been loosening my own obsession with myself. There are plenty of communities and teachers out there that have you focus on you, who you need to be as a coach. There's often clues in the titles of their programs, for example. And there are others who make their teachings much more about being of service and, again, being about the clients. Clues, again, in the title. My own experience, my um, wonderful experience in Steve Chandler's advanced client systems. Rather than, you know, struggling to be a powerful man or a powerful coach the focus of that program is entirely on how can you be of service to your clients as opposed to struggling to be in the top made up percentage of coaches or leaders having the program and the learnings be about you as the coach i've realized that the only feedback i ever really need about me is whether i've managed to help someone and that shows up in a whole manner of ways but one of the most powerful ways perhaps but certainly one of the most touching ways and meaningful ways to me at least is the referrals i went through uh, almost a whole year um of referrals of, of work coming in just by referrals and quite recently i've been really touched actually one of my clients has allowed me to talk to her parents and uh, have a client who uh, has had me go and speak to their leadership team, putting something together now to talk to another client's leadership team. Those kind of referrals will, will tell you everything you need to know about you. Although even then, of course, it's uh, tempting to get caught up in our story of ourselves. We are but a channel. We are but a channel. And the less thinking we have about ourselves the more open that channel is and the more open that channel is the more we're able to really help our clients without the contamination of our own opinions and our own ideas i ask all my guests for you what's the purpose of your coaching and you know my dear friend mark silverman summed up his purpose um, beautifully he said um, to introduce his clients to God and added, very importantly, whatever that is for them. I love that because I can so relate. I believe the purpose of coaching is to help people uncover what is true for them, discover what is true for them. It has nothing to do with what is true for me. And in the same respect, that is introducing them to their version of God, which has nothing to do with what my version of God is for me have them get in touch with what love is for them which really has nothing to do with what love is for me more often than not our ideas align but that is kind of irrelevant so in a similar vein if i had a bunch of coaches in a room who are starting out on this journey what would my message for those coaches be it's, it would be notice when you are making it about you rather than how can I help this person or serve this person or someone how can I serve someone the moment we stop trying to be someone the moment we stop trying to make things about ourselves we free up ourselves to be really present to people get over yourself just go and help people 
who you are as a coach will show up when you let go of any ideas you have about yourself. It's kind of funny, actually, late last year, I shared some really personal stuff and um, I had one guy uh, write to me saying, oh, he mentioned it to me, actually, in a conversation we had that, oh, I thought at the time, I don't think that's particularly very good for business. And I could see from his point of view how that could look. And yet I had around about 20 people message me and reach out to me off the back of that post that I made, very personal post that I made. And indeed, somebody enrolled as a client as a result of that reaching out. Had I been concerned about how I need to show up, what I should share, who do I need to be, I might not have shared that post. And I might not have touched those people. If something occurs to me to write and to share, I'll do that. I'll trust that instinct, we might call it, to simply share and put that out there. And if that touches and helps one person, that's that's really good with me. I'm not trying to be anybody. I'm just staying in this game of being of service and helping people. And for any coach to be successful, the one thing I notice, just that one thing, is to stay in the game and do whatever is necessary to help you stay in the game. So if that means you need financial support elsewhere, pursue those avenues. Coaching's such a beautiful profession. It's something I remain very passionate about. I believe in it. The, the things and changes and things that happen in my client's life light me up every day. It's such a beautiful profession and I know I know I play a part in that but the less there is of me the greater the results and what I mean about the less of me I mean the less ideas about me the greater the results well I hope you've enjoyed this monologue of an episode and a little more of a peek into my own coaching life the irony is not lost on me that i have been rather critical of some aspects of this profession whilst talking about not being critical of the profession but i hope you can see through the irony of that and um some of what i've said at least is of value and um of help to you I want to thank every single one of you for listening to these episodes without anyone listening i probably wouldn't do this um, i do only listen to them back once myself um, so yes indeed that means a lot to me as do all of your messages um, that you send and feedback that you send me please keep them coming i really appreciate you and i'm looking forward to continuing with this podcast and continuing to give you a peek into the lives of some wonderful coaches out there thank you once again for listening i wish you much love and joy